0: Episode 374 After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino Nothing else comes close Jeremy Rona going to join us here in a few minutes Sabers last night Craig Order the Rings Eric Robinson welcome to the team Bullshit call back on the goal that was bullshit okay um yes and no Yes and okay. no. Okay. Okay. Yes and no. I don't, I don't want to argue about I think it. they yes, got
2: it. I think I hate to say this. I hate to say this. Cause I wanted nothing do more. I was like, do don't do it. What? Don't do what? Say they got it right. They did get it right. Okay. I wanted nothing more than for this young man to um, score that goal. It would have been just legendary for him to score that goal. Like he lived in front of the net all night. I thought he was really, really solid. Skated well, um, used his body, went to the front of the net. Uh, I really liked the way he played and that would have been a really nice way of starting off your, your, your thing here in Buffalo. And I was hoping that, that, that would have been a goal, but at the same time, you know, Peyton Krebs, um, his stick who went, when he drove to the net hard, he ended up hitting the skate of Lena Salmark and then Um, Kyla Poso, Kind of do had to do what we teach all younger players. If you don't hear a whistle, you're going for the puck. If I
0: told you that he had one hit last night, what would you say? Mm. I would say you're probably right. Maybe no way. He had more than that. He had two in no, one. I don't. Shift. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think there. He had. He had the hit behind the. He had one shift. He had the. Hit. This is I, my point. Is this is that this is. Don't you remember uh, when we were playing in the league that guys would used to
2: say this all the time? Like, fuck me. Like, they don't even, they don't know how to count hits in this league. So here's the thing. I I, I 1000% agree with you. Okay. So he had the you, one shift in the second
0: period where he hit the guy behind the net and then the, the defenseman rimmed it. And then he went and flew to the guy and finished his
2: check on that guy. Okay. That's two That's two hits and one shift. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing is back in the day when I was playing and when you were playing, Um, hits were, were a big thing in the league because you were using them towards your contract. Guys that were hitting are obviously more physical. The more hits you get, the more physical you look and it trans translates into, to more money, bigger contract. Right. Well, what was the one, what was, I I don't know if you're going to remember this. I already
0: know. I already know.
2: There was one place in the league that was, like, so egregious. Like, their players were getting eight and nine hits a game. Oh, my God, I already it?
0: know. I know. It was Chris Neal and the
2: Ottawa Senators. No. Okay. No, that wasn't the team that I was thinking about. I was they thinking used? about. Chris Neal used to get, like, 15 hits a game. But he also hit 15 times a game. <laughs> okay. He, uh, he so deserved. Where, so where? Where? The Rangers. It oh, was really? so It was so stupid and egregious that, like, it was like. I, I, back in the day, everybody was just kind of like scratching their heads. And then and then you go to another building where you literally, they only counted a hit when somebody ran 10 feet and yeah. plastered some guy yeah. into the board. That would be considered the a The standard
0: of what a hit was from rink to rink was definitely different. What a game last night by the Sabres. And this is what bothers me about this team. Insane.
2: It's what bothers
0: me about this team is that like you you come out and you play that way against the Rangers and you play that way against Boston. And then all these other games in between, you're just, you're complete horse shit. Don't use injuries as, don't use injuries as an excuse. Nice to see Tage back, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. He definitely adds something back to when he comes to the lineup. Even if it's just a belief system for the players around him, he adds a lot. That's so
2: well said right there. What did you just say? The belief system. The belief system. Oh my God. It's so amazing what you just said. Uh, having Tage in the lineup is more important than anybody on this team. There's no question about it. Literally, this is, can't, I, this literally is taking nothing can't away from Alex every, Tuck.
0: Every shift this guy's on the ice, he's a candidate to score. Go ahead. Not taking anything away from
2: Alex Tuck. Darlene, was away, last doesn't night. doesn't take anything away from Darlene. Doesn't take anything away from any of the other players in the team. Okay, they have all they've got a lot of really good players. Um, Tage Thompson is something special. He is he his presence on this team is uh, you can't even count it. I don't even know how to explain it. He is. is it, do you think we
0: could is, recognize it before? Then we could now. I don't think we've had a chance to really be able to see how valuable he is to this team because last year he was in the lineup every night and mm-hmm. produced every night mm-hmm. he was hurt some nights. start started real slow right yeah, the for seven games of the season and then took an off. unbelievable mid season, and then I think he was banged up toward the end of the year that's right yep. never really out of the lineup but now he's been out of the lineup and what a major
2: gap that is major massive massive because because what you're looking at is a guy like Dylan Cousins um is expected to step up in that situation. And I'm just not quite sure that he is quite there yet to be able to, to take over and have pressure of a number one guy. And I'm, and I love Dylan cousins. I'm a big Dylan cousins fan. Okay. But he's also still very young. Like we talk about, you know, the youth on this team and, but Dylan cousins, is very young player himself. He's only 22 years old. Okay. He's he is not quite there yet to be able to take a really big role when you have a guy like Tage Thompson out. Casey Middlestat has actually played quite well this season himself, um, but again, I still don't think that he's on the same level as a Tage Thompson. I think Tage Thompson is dangerous. He's a dangerous player when you have him in the offensive zone. And Jeff Skinner, in the offensive zone, is is a brilliant hockey player. He not only can score himself, but he has the ability to make plays. And he makes Tage Thompson that much more dangerous. So it's nice to see him back. It's nice to see him healthy, moving around. The team last night was brilliant in the way that they played and it started with i don't know how, how, what's been said or if it was just a one off but the team defensively played very very well i sit there and i i i th- i think to myself how many uneven rushes did we give up last night didn't seem like a lot i wasn't counting but it didn't seem like a lot why Boston was Boston outshot uh, Buffalo. That doesn't really say very much, but I will say Boston played at home top team in the league or one of, and they had opportunity, but it's, it's how Buffalo did not beat themselves. They played a awesome road game as we would call it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's got to continue. And um, how about tip of the cap to Devin Levi? Um, you know, and it's funny because um, Don Granado said something about being in the minors for a short period of time and learning something, and that might seem like bullshit because he was really only there for a couple days. But I, I believe that I, the fucking, how about the wake-up call? Just alone going to the mm-hmm. minors and then coming back. There's, there's a little bit of that. Like, oh shit, how long am I going to be? And he should here? be there longer. Well, but on
2: circumstances, he should be you know, there longer. That's fine. This has nothing to do, to do with just it. Devin Levi. No, but this has to do with his development. And he's coming from college where he's played 35 games a year. Now, Devin Levi needs to go to the minors and he needs to play a significant amount of games with the travel and and the fatigue level and the mental stress. He needs to go and feel that it shouldn't be in the NHL. It should be in the minors. Well, we'll see if he ends up
0: uh, sticking around. I thought he looked pretty, pretty looks fantastic, pretty
2: good last night. Okay. Well, let him let him continue to work his way through this in the miners. You gave three options
0: of what they could do. They tried one of them. It worked last night. Here's Jeremy
1: Ronick We just jump on the show and I just I'm just listening to you guys talk. And I'm literally sitting here kind of trying to do a little bit of pre-prep, right? And I'm reading and looking up exactly what you two are talking about. And it's, it it goes to show you how we, how we think, because it's all about, and Riv, you talked about the inconsistency. Buffalo goes into New York Rangers last week and thumps them, a team that's the hottest in the league, and they thump them 5-1. Then they lose four straight, three of them at home, right? Three at home against two teams that they should beat, right? They go into Carolina and get thumped. That's okay. You can understand that. And then they go into Boston with injuries and they beat Boston and, and Riv, what were you saying? Because this is exactly the point that I've been trying to make. And I made it on, on Snipes and Stripes on no filter the other night, it comes down to work and commitment to work, but not just work, having an an identity Mm -hmm. of that work and working towards an identity. And I just think Buffalo just, they just take the dice and throw it from game to game on what, how they're going to play.
2: Well, you know, listen, I, I, I was listening to Don Granato and his uh, uh, post game uh, um, talk with the media. And, and I, and I'm going to tell you, I felt, I felt the vibe from old Donnie that he was a little irritated, a little, uh, a little short answers were definitely a little shorter and they were asking him about, you know, you know, why they played like this and, he was just short. He just like, because they played a little pissed off. And I'm like, whoa. And he said it a few times in the interview. It's about, it's about competing. It's about, it's about time. pissed off. It's about playing with some energy. And
1: it's about time.
2: JR, they missed Rasmus Dahlin. They found out in, in the morning that he wasn't playing that night. You have Alex Tuck. That's out of the lineup. You have Greenway, who's out of the lineup. You have Zemgus Gergensen, who's out of the lineup. You have uh, Uka Pekalukainen, the number one goaltender as of right now, is out of the lineup. And they go into Boston, the number one team in the East, by far, as far as I'm concerned, who's only lost one game there this year. And they played 60 full minutes of hockey, Jr. Mm -hmm. It was an unbelievable game to watch. And this all circles back to one thing where we were talking earlier in the week. We, we said, Kevin Adams is in a situation right now that he has three choices to make. One choice is to just sit back and do nothing and hope that the team comes out of this. Okay, find something. Number two is you fire the coach, just like Edmonton did, just like Minnesota did. Okay? And number three, you make a trade not a blockbuster but you make a trade and you show your team that hey I care about you guys we've got something here let me try and fix this a little bit and they go out and make a trade for Eric Robinson who's a guy that was playing in the minors for Columbus's farm team he came in last night he looked fantastic he looked really solid jr hmm. but
0: my question I do just to want to you- quickly say I would just yep. Here in Buffalo, we've been burned by that because Steve Bernier got traded to Buffalo. Had two goals and an assist his first game, and he fucking disappeared. So I just let's just let's okay. And <laughs> just uh, the, the way down. I just
2: look at it is one Didn't game. You guys at a play time. with Big Bear Bernier? I played with him in San Jose.
0: Jared, do you do you remember him or was he?
1: Liz, of course, uh, I, Bernier, remember. Was of course I remember. Was Bernier hibernating half the time? Well, I mean, he's he was a wishy washy. I mean, he he could play, but he he was one of those guys that kind of was a little scared of his shadow, even though he was a bigger dude and yeah. he could just disappear, he could just disappear, but I mean, he could play, he was good. He could score too, but, um, so, JR, have you, you ever careful. been in
2: a situation on any team that you played with over the years where you were in a situation, the team wasn't playing well, you needed a lifeline GM's got to make a decision. Do I fire the coach? Do I make a trade? Were you ever on a team where number one, coach coach gets fired or in season where or they they make a trade to kind of spark the team a little bit
1: the the last one that i really remember that really changed the whole dynamic of our team is in 2004 with philly um we were we were still playing we were up and high in the standings but we weren't playing really well coming into uh the trade deadline and we knew we had a, a team that was competitive, but we were missing something. And we're, for some reason, we were just flat. So Bobby Clark went out and traded for Macap uh, for, um, um, what's it? The big Russian defenseman, Mac, Mac, Mark
2: Malakoff.
1: Malakoff, Malakoff, We got Tony Amante and, and Jamnov all at the trade deadline. And everybody was like, holy shit like this is it just sparked the whole team and we went on a run and we should have probably we probably should have won the cup that year but we had so many injuries and in, in Did the you playoffs
0: losing game 7 to Tampa Bay Yep game I 7 I remember that was Keith Primo yeah.
1: on your team Keith Primo had without a doubt without the greatest, question the greatest individual playoff season I, I have ever seen
0: I ever I remember that. I remember I thought you guys I yeah. thought for sure you guys were winning the cup that year. That was my first year in the NHL, so I was really starting to fall we had two,
1: the, the league. We had two forwards playing defense and we had really two lines because everybody else was injured. We had so many hurt. We had a top three defenseman out of the lineup. Didn't Andy Delmore
0: clip a hat trick in one of those games? Was that the year Delmore uh, on no, that? No, no,
1: no, no, he wasn't on that team. But um we, we had a bomb team, but it's again it's that trade that and you guys know what it's like. When you're when your team goes out, you and they you bring in a, a quality player or somebody that's good, or you you send out a quality player, it's a it's a wake-up call. And sometimes it's an excited energy and sometimes it's a concerned energy, right? Um, and that's that that could happen. But I listen, I I'm gonna have to go back again to I got to go back again to Columbus and their coach throwing his, his, his tyrant at this top players. And regardless of what it did to line a, it really didn't wake him up because he's just a, he's just a dud player and he's proven it, but it woke up the rest of the players and they've been competitive ever since. Now they're not going to win a lot of games, but they, they've been competitive. You have Buffalo who plays kind of the same way every night and why do they play like they did in Boston last night but then they'll go home and and throw up an egg two or three games against teams that they should win and they're lackluster that to me is is the coach being afraid to maybe kick some kick some teeth in
0: you should have heard what he said the other day now i don't want to go back because they won last night i don't i don't like, this is where that's a game last night where you should be able to kind of start to you know, lay off well, we a little bit.
1: Yeah, but we said the same thing about the Rangers, right? I yeah. said the same thing about the Rangers. That that is a game they beat them five one in Madison Square Garden. That is a is a motivating tool to say, okay, boys, now we're going to go. But instead, they go and lose four straight. So now we, they beat Boston.
0: Their coach good. said the other day, Jr. We, you know, if we sit them, then we're punishing them.
1: Yeah, so we, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, I, well, that's kind of what we thought too. But we we couldn't make. Yeah, that's sense exactly of it. right.
1: And guess what? Um, bad acting and bad performance deserves um, repercussions. It, 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 accountability. Whatever,
2: wor- whatever word you want to use, right? Account- yeah. Well, no, no, no. Don Granado said that he has a lot of accountable people in that dressing room. They're mm-hmm. all accountable, and the, and they said <laughs> one of the the media members. How about consequences?
1: Him, consequences.
2: Yes, he said. Well, if 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 I'm sitting them, that means I'm punishing them. And, and I'm thinking to myself. Yes. Yeah. That's
1: exactly what you exactly what you've done. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. So now everybody feels like, Oh, it doesn't matter what I do. You know, I'm, you know, Don Granado doesn't want to punish me. He's my friend. Don Granado doesn't want to punish me because I can play however I want. I can come into the game and put up a half-ass effort and it's okay. We'll still have fun at practice tomorrow. And we'll also be able to play my, my 15, 16, 18 minutes. And that's bullshit.
2: Well, I guess, I guess they're trying to figure out, and I think Don Granado as a head coach is trying to figure out right now, what's the difference between development, right? Because you want your players to make mistakes. You want them to learn from those mistakes. That's very important. You don't want to be taking away especially young players. You want them to... To, to go out free, work hard, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes. Here's the thing. What happens when you continuously see the same mistake? At what point in time do you say, this is not about development anymore. You're going to learn a lesson because there's, this there's is t- the NHL.
1: There's two things that you said that's really important, right? How how often are you going to continue to make that mistake? That, that just becomes heart and care, right? And really thinking about, what you need to improve on. And in the situation you're, you've thought about it so much, you're not going to make that mistake anymore in that situation. But I think also, yeah, you want people to make, you, of course you want people to make mistakes. You don't want them to make mistakes, but you want them to make mistakes while working. You're never going to get mad at someone or a player for making a mistake because they're putting in the, the the best effort that they can. Right. You're not, you're going to talk to them about it, but you're not going to chastise or, or punish a player for making a mistake if he was had the right intentions or is working hard. I think there's a lot of times where guys just are so lackluster and so not, or so brain dead and they make mistakes because to just, to just not mentally there and they're not physically there. Um, and I say physically there by the lack of work, yeah. you know, and you guys know work, work comes from deep inside it comes from deep inside your stomach you know that's where you have to really dig in there and show that you're working grind it out and i think there's some guys that just go wow 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 let's go over here that's well this. here's let's the thing this. let me ask you this well, jr some,
0: some of it sorry, hold on rev some of it comes down to respect also and i you know i've been blaming don granado this entire time for his inability to to coach not develop coach and i think you, you'll admit
1: there's a difference. or motivate how about motivate
0: okay even better even a better word because there are nights that i think this team is is unmotivated because but, i think
1: that i think dad granano knows the game i think he's a smart yes. hockey guy yes okay yes Mo- yeah. motivate motivate is more important sometimes in coaching
0: but we get criticized for that and it's it's funny that you say that because I've said that exact same thing too. You say something like, "I want the coach to get these guys ready to play," and and people are like, "These players don't need a pump up speech from their coach to go out and play." And
1: and I'm just thinking to myself, I think they, I think they, I think they do now. I think they really do. I think they always have. There's a, think, there's an
0: yeah. element to a, a coach's pregame speech. It doesn't have to be rah rah pump up get you, but it needs to be. It needs to hit
1: home. That's it needs what resonates. It, it needs to resonate. Yes. That's yeah. all it needs to do a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it has to and be I consistent. Think, and it has I to be that's consistent. Where he's missed. I, it has to be consistent. And I don't think he, and I especially feel with, with Buffalo, he can't, he can't let his, his foot off the gas pedal. Like he can't, he can't say, okay, because we won two games. Okay. Now I'm not going to call out a player for having a bad game or, or not making them accountable as a team The next game. He can't he can't he can't give them passes. I almost think it needs to
0: reverse psychology around here. Be easy on them when they're losing and be hard on them when they're winning. Because, you know, it's like at least the wins will soften the blows and and the 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 losing when you lose and you're getting shit on by the coach, it just piles on. But if you're winning and you're getting shit on by the coach and he's pressing, you know, maybe you press too hard, but at the same
2: time, you know, you're trying to squeeze as much as you can while you're going good, right? So I I don't know. 27 games played. How many games have they won two in a row?
0: Do you have the answer? Yep. Okay. Uh, One or two?
1: One. Yeah. One. That's terrible. I think about it. I mean, that's just terrible. I mean, that's, that's, again, that is guys winning games and going, going, God, we won a hockey game. We
0: used to okay, have a t-shirt good. on our team. We used to have a t-shirt in Buffalo called mm-hmm. Refuse to Lose, or it said Refuse to Lose Two. This is like Refuse to win two.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Because I think Buffalo has some some very good players on their team. I think they're they're big, they can skate, uh, they're some of they're talented. Now, are they w- good meshing together? I maybe not. Um, but they have better rosters than other teams that are that are ahead of them are ahead of them in the standings. And there's, that, that's a problem. If you ask me
2: No. like who, like who's huh? a better roster than they do. Like who?
1: Yeah. Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But, but uh, here's the thing though. Are we, are we measuring just skill or are we measuring the size of their balls? Because torch <laughs> is. <laughs> Flat out saying, hey, why did you win against Pittsburgh in overtime? Because we got balls. Yeah, they've got balls, but they also have um, players that are playing up the standard. They play a gritty, like when you think of the Philadelphia Flyers, they have an identity. They have an identity that shows that these players are physical. They grind. They have let me, ask you, let, me ask this, let me ask you this
1: question. Let me ask you this question. Does the New York Islanders, with the exception of their goaltender, have that much better of a lineup than Buffalo?
2: No. Nope. Not if you're. If we're doing a no. skills competition, I would say that the the well, Sabers right now would be would be up there.
1: Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So the the, the skill is on this team. And
2: but, yeah, the talents
0: talent. there, the, 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 style isn't there, the way they play, okay, but that's, there. but that's, that's what, that's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. But uh, uh, that, that can be implemented through coaching motivation and, and okay. teaching these guys to play a certain way. This is a yeah. good, co-
2: this is a good question for you then, Jr. Can mm-hmm. you teach skilled players that have played basically a certain way their entire lives since they were super young kids dominating youth hockey um getting drafted get going into junior hockey dominating junior hockey or college hockey now you're playing in the nhl and you're a super high-end player can you teach these guys number one we're talking about skill but skill does not win you hockey games
1: um it's how you play like
2: clearly jeff skinner right now at age 31, is still trying to figure out his game because the guy scores 30 goals every year. He puts up an ungodly amount of points because he's a point-producing type player. I have literally, this entire year, because I'm I'm obsessed with it now, now that I, I watch games and I literally am looking for this, how many times Jeff Skinner has been first on the back check?
1: That's pretty you know, technical. I, awesome. would, hey. I would
2: dare for anybody that listens to this podcast to find me a clip with Jeff Skinner first on the back check. And I mean coming back like he like he means it. Like this is the Staley Cup freaking finals game seven. Check and down. he's working so beyond to play defense. Yes. JR, remember that word? put your skilled head down players, skilled yep. players playing defense. Oh my God. Yep. What the hell? Yep. I'm, I'm not yep. here to play defense. I'm here to score goals.
1: So if to you- answer your, to answer your question, I, I know where you're going. Can you teach these kids that have done this? Yeah, you can. You know why? Because I was one of them. I, I was, oh. I was one of them. I was taught to play a certain way. I, when I got to the national hockey league, I was not a physical player. I was not tough. Not at you all. Weren't running
0: guys over in high school
1: i never hit anybody in high school never why just didn't do it i just scored goals and skated fast and worked and just just played and never hit a, st- wait, i was hold a, on a second you were drafted
0: eighth overall as a soft skilled high school player I,
1: you were yeah. a prima donna and you turned into the player that you were was, you kind of
2: you kind of uh you give me that inkling like you would have been a total prima donna when you were a huge
1: huge Absolutely, on the ice and on the field, for sure. If I was playing soccer or playing hockey, I was for sure prima donna because I acted and played better than everybody, and I, I I did it. But when I was off, I was kind of quiet. I was, you know, I was not the boisterous person that I've grown into. But I think when I when I got to the league, I was 158 pounds. I had to put football pads on to make me look bigger, and. I used to swing, you know, you know how you finish your check? I never finished my check. I would swing by and chase the puck, swing by and chase the puck like I did my whole my whole life. And Keenan grabbed me around the throat, literally grabbed me on the bench, yelling to his till his, his his lungs couldn't get any air out, spitting on my face. If you ever swing by another F and check again, you're never gonna play hockey for me. You'll never play hockey in this this town. I'm saying I'll send you wherever it like threatened my whole hockey existence. You know what I did? I almost had a tear come out of my eye and I'm like, Fuck it. gone hit everything. Speed hit everything. Even in the I,
2: all-star game you're hitting.
1: Yep. Even in the all-star game, I hit what yep. a dickhead. What but, a dickhead! Man. I know, I know. Hey, but hey you know
2: what? Petey, that's that was like literally one of the last uh, All Star games I watched. Jer running around, smoking guys behind yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. the yeah. net. Yeah. Do you know yeah. who he
0: hit? Riv? Mm-hmm. one of my favorite teammates of all time. To be honest with you.
1: Oh really? I was, no, I loved him. I absolutely loved this Alex. Guy. Alex Alexey Yeah, is, Al- yeah, Alexa yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, I hit him twice. Two two back to back. Guys, legs,
0: This guy's legs were twice the size of mine. And he would come back strong. He was strong, he, he was he would strong come back guy. to the bench after like a minute, minute and a half shift. Cause he's the only he's the only defenseman I've ever seen that could kill a whole penalty. And <laughs> he would come he would come off and he would come right back and sit boom right next to the, the first forward. And he was not even breathing heavy.
1: He was a good even, he, he, he was a good hockey player, man. He was he was a very good hockey player. I and you know. He uh, was tough to play against. Didn't so. he uh,
2: poke a uh, uh, pack of cigarettes a day too? Like, wasn't he a smoker? Oh, I don't know that.
1: That I couldn't. Well, anyway, I, I, getting back, getting back to the mentality that you were saying, and teaching these kids: yes, you can teach somebody to play the game different. And the way that you do it is you you instill a little fear into somebody. Right now, do you think these kids fear anything? Do you think they fear going down to the minors when, with with one way contracts making? A million and a half, two and a half, three and a half million. Like where what what do they fear? Like and that's that's always somebody's motivating factor a lot is is fear of not playing, fear of not being in the league, fear of um of not being um being productive, whatever the case may be. Fear of but being exposed. This, what 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 for- fear what what do these kids fear these days? Like what They don't. So there's only one thing that they could fear, and that's fear of not playing and the coach not playing them and or going down to the minors. But still, they're going to make a lot of money in the minors. But where's the actual fear?
0: How about fear of getting chirped on social media? How about that? Just quickly, I want to just mention something to you guys. Uh, You brought up Philadelphia and how well they're they're playing and all this stuff, and it's all torts. It's all torts. Well, you know what they did in the offseason? Anyone remember?
1: Yeah, they changed management.
0: Changed management. They changed their front office. They brought and they in brought Keith in and they Jones. And
1: they brought in Keith Jones. They brought in Daniel Briere. They brought in John LeClair. They brought in a couple other guys that are just quality, quality people. Alan
0: that, McCauley is the assistant general manager. Uh, your coaching staff is solid. Uh, you brought you have Bob Murray, senior advisor; Dean Lombardi, senior advisor; Paul Holmgren, senior advisor; Bobby Clark, senior advisor; Bill Barber. Senior Advisor Patrick Sharp, Special Advisor.
2: Mm-hmm. That's so their front office. How many Yes Men did you just name in yeah. that group? How many Yes Men? Zero. Yes, I agree with every everything no. that everybody's no. saying at the table here. I didn't hear I one. I didn't hear. I didn't hear you one need, Yes guy. You need guys that are going to give unpopular opinions, and and here's the thing: at the end of the day, Danny Briere is going to have all of these strong personalities that are going to give their opinions and he is the one that's going to take that information and do it all right. respect one another.
1: Yeah. And and guess what? Guess what? You know what it also does? Is it builds a culture. Now everybody except um Lombardi and Murray that you just mentioned. You know what they all have in common? They wore the they wore that jersey Okay, some of them wore that jersey during the Broad Street bully days. They lived right. in that they they lived in that city where they had to deal with the media, they had to deal with the fans, and they had to play a certain way. And they know what the mentality of what it's supposed to be like to be a Philadelphia flyer. So all those guys that are on the ice, when you have torts now barking at you to play a certain way, and you have these guys walking around the locker room like John LeClaire and Bob Clark and 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 Paul Holmgren, uh yeah. It, it, you are reminded every day that there is a culture here, and this is how we have to play. And I think they're finally getting it. They're finally getting it because they have built a culture, and as I'm saying, an attitude that they're, they are finding that identity again because they have to be accountable. Why do you think the Vancouver Canucks are playing so much better? Because they have a coach that's making them accountable because he played the game the right way and hard. Look
0: at St. And- Louis's coaching stuff. You got Steve Ott as the assistant, and you got Mike Weber mm-hmm. on the other end, and then who's, who's in, in the Berube? middle? And right <laughs> in
1: Berube, yeah. It's like see, those are mentality guys, right? Those are mentality guys. What I'm talking about in Philly is they actually brought in culture guys, guys that played for that team that are really, really, really important in terms of building, building um and regaining that that team culture.
0: Go look at the front office here in Buffalo. Honest to God,
1: I what I were the swear best teams? I, what were the best teams at doing to God, that?
0: Okay, look, let's, teams with let's look at the off. best
1: look at the best teams that have done this over the last 20 years. Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins would would bring in all their old players to be yeah. you know skills guys, hangout guys, guys around the room, and then Detroit Red Wings. Detroit brought all their kept all of their guys around the yeah. team and, well, and built built a culture and they won cups because of it. Well, it's look funny at Kurt
2: Mulpey, my... um um uh Draper. Draper, yeah. right? All those yeah.
1: guys, all of them.
2: Back when when they were winning cups in uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. they were uh, just Larry Anoff, Larry on they, on There, yes. You know?
1: Well, you
0: know what's amazing is is I sat beside Ryan Miller here in Buffalo for five seasons, and his brother was in Detroit. And Millsy came in one day. He goes, "You know what's unbelievable? My brother walked in after morning skate today, mm-hmm. off the ice, game day. Guess who was sitting in his stall? I'm like, uh, I don't know who." Ted Lindsay, just sitting in a stall, just hanging out. Sick. You no, know? he's like, he's like, guys are around all the time. I'm like they're all hanging out in Detroit. Like they're there all the time.
1: It's a culture. It's a culture. I, I mean, I love what San Jose is doing right now because I it's was crazy about them. I really, really, um, and it, it, again, it's 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 a team that what happened, what clicked, right? Because they were so bad. And they gave up 20 goals in two games earlier in the season. Now it seems that they they have found something, and I don't know whether it's the coach that have have in, instituted something different in this in the system, or the players are just sick and tired of losing, and the effort is even just it's more crazy, or the goaltender is just playing out of his head. But look at the look at the last six games for the San Jose Sharks, right?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm sure <clears throat> they want the number one overall pick. They're probably going to get it.
2: But how about just the standard
1: that they have there? Well, right now they just they're they're not the last place team in the league anymore.
2: For an example, that you have the Patrick Kane uh coming out party for Detroit, mm-hmm. thinking that you're gonna get an easy game against the San Jose Sharks. Uh Patrick Kane does not record a point. Um, and uh at one point uh the Detroit Red Wings were up four nothing in the game. Four nothing. And ended up losing six five
1: in overtime. They, they, had, they the same thing happened in the island, right before. That's right.
2: Yep. How many How many goals were they down?
1: They were down three goals against the three goals
2: in the third period.
1: Yep, and came back and and won. Okay, so this is that's that's guts, man. That's and that they're learning how to win right now. They're they're learning how to win, and that's and they're being consistent now. And you guys know. Maybe it's all these wins are on the road. A lot of these wins are on the road. Sometimes it takes getting on the road and going on a long, long road trip, being with the boys and having success changes, you know, the attitude in that locker room. But I, I got to give them a lot of credit. I really do. Arizona Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes won five straight games against all Stanley Cup winners. Five straight games. And they you just lost have about the them
0: since last year. And you know
1: to- they they lost to a team that plays just like them, Philadelphia, last night. But they've been on a roll. So here are the teams that every that that we've been crushing that are playing good hockey, um, because they're playing with character and grit and tenacity.
0: You know. So so quickly, San Jose Sharks, Greerzy. These are just some of the Scott Fitzgerald we've all heard of. Todd, Todd Marchant, Ryan Stewart's been around a while. Doug Waite, Brian Wiseman. Goaltending director Evgeny Nabokov, never heard of him. Nabokov. I know. I'm just joking. They brought in uh they have Ryan Miller there, uh Thomas Vanix there, Dirk Graham, Mike Ricci, Tommy Wingles. He's a fucking, oh, I love, uh,
1: love, love Tommy.
0: Yep. Lucas Lucas Spisa is a player development coach. Patrick Marlowe is there. Like mm-hmm. this is this is their front office. You know, before Toronto became Toronto, what did they do? Shanahan they brought in Babcock they had uh uh, Jacques Lemaire was in there they brought in Lou Lamorello say what you want about these guys I think Tim Hunter was there they brought in all these they they built their front office first I think that has a lot to do with it with some of the teams that we're talking about guys I mean yeah
1: well Arizona doesn't have that Arizona doesn't really have but they're just I think their coach and somebody that nobody knows right um I, I think he's I think the coach is really put instilling a, um, a system and a mentality. I'm and speaking
0: more specifically Philly yeah. and San Jose, but yeah. I mean Arizona but Arizona, yeah. man, they you know what they have They have a big strong team. They have a big strong team. And and exactly. Teams don't like to play against them. They're not exactly. nearly as skilled as the Buffalo exactly. Sabres are. Not even close. <laughs> but you and know, you what gotta else, give the players. What else credit?
2: do they have? They don't have any pressure. There's no expectations on that team whatsoever. They're just going out and playing and they're getting things done.
1: Best well, I think, team in the NHL but but we get it. you got to give them credit for at least acknowledging and seeing you know what what it takes for them to win and they do it consistently they really do um you look at their games like they lost four1 last night how many games this year has has Arizona lost by more than three goals I mean it's I I I don't I couldn't I wouldn't bet it would be more than Three or four, so they're 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 competitive, you know. hey you had uh Marty berdur on the show. Yeah, we did. We had Marty. He was fantastic, man. He was. Right. I think I think the best goaltender to ever live. I, uh, I for for me, whoa. for me. I, I mean, I put I had I struggled with him mightily. Can't say that on this first. podcast, Jr. You're gonna get your head ripped off. Hey, listen, you guys can say Dominic Hassick. You guys can say whoever you want, but. um you know, if, I you, was... if you
2: had to pick one, if you had to pick one,
1: okay, mm-hmm.
2: and you had one game to play, one game to play, and it's to save your life, okay? Mm-hmm. And you need a goaltender in the nets. And you can't ignore
0: Patrick Waugh just because he said he couldn't hear you because he had his Stanley Cup ring <laughs> plugged in his ears. <laughs> Who are you ears. taking?
2: Are you taking Patrick Waugh are you going to take uh,
1: Marty Dominic Asik? Oh, I'm taking Dominic Casick. Yeah, in that situation, um, you know, it was unfortunate that Dominic came into the league a little bit later in his in his his age, right? Because he would have been up there in wins. But and you you look at the win ratio, Marty Berdoure is almost like Wayne Gretzky is in in terms of win ratio wins. I don't think anybody will ever catch him. I mean, he has six hundred ninety one wins. You know, the next yeah. closest next closest is Patrick Watt, five hundred eighty five. I mean, that's hundred and six wins more. And 107 ties. I mean, there's, there's, I don't see anybody catching him. That's even even in the day of no no ties anymore. It's wins and losses. Um, mm. I mean, I, he, listen, he was great. Marty was he was awesome. He's personable. He's you know he he was he told great stories. Um, obviously, it's a debate. You know, He's- if Dom, if Dominic Cassick came into the league. A little bit younger, because he came over from Czech, Czech in 1991, 92, and he was with Keenan, and guess what? He was the backup goaltender to Eddie Balfour. So he didn't even play for the first two years, and he was just livid. So he finally took a trade to Buffalo uh, for, for Dominic to, to finally have a starting job. Now, he could have had, easy, another 100-and-something wins. What's Dominic on the win list right now? 7th Seven, or 6th or 7th? In, But in terms of talent and technique and style, Dominic was one, by, by far one of the most dynamic goaltenders that I've ever seen, ever. Yeah,
0: well, I can honestly tell you that I scored one of my most incredible practice goals in the National Hockey League on Marty Berdur, and I fucking dangled him out of his jock strap. It was in San Jose, and even Lou Lamorello gave me a look. That's so how good I- it was.
1: So oh, I did something. I did something really cool when I played for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, or it was Phoenix at the time. I scored back-to-back hat tricks against Marty Bordur and Dominic Hassock in back-to-back games. That was pretty. Cool. That was pretty. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Well, no speaking of a
2: of another uh, legend, um, at what, what do you want to point? say about me now, Riv? What do you want to say I, about me now? Yeah, certainly not you. Um, at what point do we start to feel a little bit nervous for? Uh, yeah, he's got five goals this year. Um, just kind of seems like it, he is clearly not the same player. On the and same, team. I know he's thirty-eight. But what, but I, what, what are your I, thoughts? I think
1: he's. I think. You, I, I, think fi- I think. I think there are more people now that. That doubt he's going to catch Gretzky then pre, preseason. I think there's a lot of people, maybe including you guys, except for Petey, that thought he's going to get there no matter if he plays till he's 42 or 44. I I question I question it now big time because his team is on the downside, his top players are on their on their way out. They're going to be in a rebuild situation, and five goals, three of those are empty netters. Okay. So, have you
2: watched them play this year, Jr? I have, have you watched them play, and and what are your what are your thoughts on his game in general?
1: I think he's trying. I think he's working. I don't think, you know, you guys know when you get a little bit older, right? Things don't come as easy. That that toe drag doesn't feel as as natural. That um, you know the way that you get your shot off doesn't seem as as hard. Um, I think he's. I think at times he's looks like he's gone back to the old Ovechkin, right? Just, you know, just an opportunist and playing one, one side, trying to get goals. And then other times I see him working and and back checking and it's, it's at 38 right now. I think that whole team is like looking is Ovechkin going to, going to break the record, but then you have, Oh, she's hurt. You have Kuznetsov, who is who is in and out of of. Me- oh, he's of, a healthy scratch a couple
2: games ago, right?
1: Uh, he's, he's in and out of con- mental consciousness, right? Yep. what he wants to play. His you disher's know? retired. Um, yeah, his disher's done. Um, he can't rely on 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 who I think is a great player, Wilson. Wilson's not going to be the guy who's going to help him break that. He's you know he's he's getting older, and but again, there's there's just something off and. It, it happens when you get older, man. I'm telling you, like, I couldn't, when I was 38 years old, my I couldn't, my brain knew I could do things, but my body didn't react as easy as it used just, to. So it's, he must, just different. he has
0: to up the dosage of the Russian gas next summer, I guess.
1: I don't know. I, you know, there's a lot of people questioning now whether he's going to break that record, me being one included.
0: What's he need, Riv? How many? He what needs, listen? I mean, he's, he's, he's 67, 67. He could get 16 goals this year and he could get 60 next year. That's the that's you know, he could get 30 goals the second half of the season. I, I mean
1: with who look with who with who with who helping him?
0: Yeah, I yeah, I guess that's that's a fair point because he, he can't he, at his age he can't do it on his own.
1: We've well, talked so, so a-
2: long about goals. Like he he scores 30 goals minimum every single year, 40, fifties he's in the 60. I mean do you know how hard in this league to score 30 goals? Like it's, it, it's, it's mind blowing
1: what he's done. Hey, we're not taking away what he's done. What he's done has been absolutely mind blowing. I call him. I, I really think he's the best goal scorer I have ever seen. And I've played against Gretz, I've played against oh. Mario. I have played against Brett Hall. I mean, I Mario, so. ma, ma, well, Mario, you can, you have a very, very good arg- argument about, but for me watching him shoot the puck, um, and his consistency of what he's done year after year after year especially when he got old still scored 50. yes but now I think this year he's gonna he's gonna be lucky if he gets close to 20.
2: I don't think he could play in today's game that's a joke he needs 67 goals the way I look at it is he he's gotta try and find a way to score 17 this year that'll put him at 50 goals. Okay. Um 50 goals is doable. It is absolutely doable. Two
0: two and a half seasons.
1: At, at 3940.
2: Yep. Because I'm gonna tell you, Yarmir Yager was still playing this game uh when he was like 44. Okay. And he didn't he wasn't the same player as when he was younger. That being said He's still chipped away with a 15-goal, 17-goal year, and he's still going to be on the power play where he's a trigger guy. He'll be able to shoot the puck until he's 50. I think Alex Ovechkin needs needs 17 goals this year, okay, the rest of the year. That puts him at 50 goals. And then you can break that up into three years, four years. Alex Ovechkin will play till he's 42, 43 years old to break this record. It is. It is yeah. – that's Literally the sole one purpose of, the greatest, of his existence
0: for that franchise from here on out. That's all they're playing for.
2: So absolutely. I, I truly believe that. Even if he scores um, you know, 15 goals a year, you're looking at 15, 30, 45. Yeah, he's he's more than doable. This is more than doable. It's going Yarm- to take y- some time though.
1: Yarm- Yager, um in 2013. He played eighty it's eighty-two games with the New Jersey Devils in 2013, 2014. He had 24 goals. Yeah. Now he was how old at that age?
2: So uh, I I got it right here, JR. He
1: was 40. He was 40 something, right? 46, 46. maybe. He might have been 40. At the age
2: of 44, he scored 16 goals. At the age of 43, he scored 27 goals. At the age of 42, he scored 17 goals. Nope, sorry. Mm-mm. At the age of 42 he had 17 28 34 goals. At the age of 41 he had 24 goals. You get where I'm going with this JR.
1: What what year what years are you talking about?
2: I'm talking 2016-17 when he was 44 years old. He 40 played years old, the, he had 16 goals. He had 16 okay. goals. At at in 2015-16 he played for Florida at 43 he had 27 goals. In the 2014-15 season, at age 42, he had 17 goals. At age 41 in New Jersey, he had 24 goals. So I'm telling you this, Ali Alice, Alexander Ovechkin is not... He just needs to... This has been the, the one lull of a 20-year career that we've seen him kind of dip. And it's not a panic situation, But he's got to try and get to, you know, 20, 22 goals this year. And he'll be in a real good situation moving forward. Stop training with his son.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fun stuff, boys. Fun Uh, stuff.
2: Thanks
0: for the time.